It fails your road. Is that a behind? Welcome to the Village Oak Tree for January 31st, 2024. My name is Terrence O'Donnell, and I'm back again to your village with more news from the outside world. Come sit with me around the fireplace once again as I bring you something a wee bit controversial today. It's a dark, cold, depressing day outside where I am, and maybe a fitting day for today's subject. It started out when I read a couple of upsetting news articles about the statistics of rape in the United States, and I broadened it out to a worldwide atrocity with more articles from around the world. Stay tuned as I bring, bring it all to you front and center. If you're a woman, this should scare you. For men, this should bring shame on your heads for letting this happen in the first place. So if you're a first-time viewer or listener, I've created a short advertisement for my podcast and website for you to listen to now before we get into all this shameful subject. I want to take this time to ask for a donation of any amount to help me keep this podcast going, if you can, and to also explain how to find my website and what's inside when you arrive at the door. My podcast will remain free to subscribe to on all the major mobile podcast apps at Substack for the first month and on my YouTube channel, Krana Biha. I have set up a donation link on the Village Oak Tree webpage at rss.com and a donations page on my website at www.kronabiha.com, all using PayPal for your security. Think of it as me passing my hat around to you at the end of my visit each week. If you like this podcast, please share it with everyone you know before it gets too late. My motive is not to profit off the news I bring you every week, but to make a difference in the world, and I can't do it without your help. Now, I want to explain how to find my website. If you're watching this video, the address is right on the screen in front of you as you're listening to this. If you're listening to an audio-only show, just type in www.cranna-beatha.com in your browser and search for it. The website domain name is Gaelic. It may be a little hard to find unless you know what you're looking for. Then bookmark it if you like it. I also have the RSS feeder enabled, so if you like my blog posts, you can be notified whenever I post something new. Search for www.crownnabiha.com in your RSS feeder and set it up. Users finding the website for the first time will reach the welcome page to learn a little more about what's inside. There you will see the homepage link at the bottom of the page. On the homepage, you can learn a little more about what Crownnabiha means for a little bit of Irish culture and a little more about me in general. On the menu bar at the top, there are links to all the pages in the website. The blog section where I post podcast newsletters, blog articles, stories, and poems. A drop-down podcast menu with links to both podcasts, a donations page, an ad page to purchase my published books, and a contact page in case someone cares to leave a message. Thank you for your patronage and support. Now let's get into today's opinion editor. This week, we're all going to talk about rape culture. It's so prevalent around the world, despite our so-called technological advancements. Everywhere in the world right now, women are being raped in one fashion or another. Maybe it's a byproduct of war rage. Maybe it's because of a lack of policing in third world countries. Those are instances that are almost always in the news feeds because mass rapes are an outrage, as the media will tell us. But what about the individual crimes that are the least reported? I chose this topic this week because of a news story I discovered regarding the sheer amount of victims in the United States who could no longer rid themselves of the byproducts of rape. And I've got two articles here, both basically talk about the same thing. 
Nearly 65,000 U.S. rape victims could not get an abortion in their state, analysis shows. Researchers estimated likely number of rape-related pregnancies in 14 states with near-total abortion bans since Dobbs' ruling. And this one's from TheGuardian.com by Jessica Glenza in New York. And the second one, raped, pregnant, and in an abortion ban state? Researchers gauge how often it happens. And this one is, uh, I got this from NPR's All Things Considered by Selena, Selena Simmons Duffin. So new research published in the Journal of American Medical Association finds that during the past 18 months, since 14 states have totally outlawed abortion, there were an estimated 65,565 pregnancies in those states as a result of 500,019-1981 rapes. Texas alone had an estimated 26,313 pregnancies that resulted from rape. Now, I'm telling you, that's crazy, okay? Those statistics are absolutely through the roof. There's a lot of U.S. states that have outlawed abortions of any kind in some mistaken biblical notion that all lives are sacred. It doesn't require a lot of scratching below the surface to see that this only applies to unborn fetuses. These politicians and Christian people have little regard for women who become pregnant because of rape. Their desires and needs are of no no importance there. It isn't in just the U.S., though. Many other monotheistic cultures treat a woman who is violently raped as damaged goods and unfit for normal society. They're forced to have abortions or forced to live outside of society and have the babies, which, in Christian cultures, is usually taken from the unwed mother never to be seen again, other than by an orphanage or adoptive parents. We're all one and the same. You know, if anybody can, any kind of recent history, um, you know, Ireland had this real big scandal about the Madeline, um, you know, the, the, the Catholic homes, for unwed mothers and all the atrocities considered there. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's everywhere. There have been a lot of talk about why women are being forced to have their unwanted babies. Topics about a dwindling population or to a lack of able-bodied workers and so on and so forth. I think there's a little basis for that, but not enough to warrant turning women into organic baby-making machines at the expense of their physical and mental health. And that's exactly what it sounds like. Certain passages in their holy books are being cherry-picked to justify all of this. That brings us to the real reason reason why women are raped. Power. Power over another human being. Whether it's an individual rapist who feels the need to have his way with someone, or a group of men, almost always men, who have the need to exert their power over a group of people, in this case, women. Here are a couple more examples that I found in the, in the media from around the world in the last week. Unless you live under a rock, we've all heard these stories like this before, and they will never continue to stop until enough humans decide to make a conscious effort to make it stop. French police officer cleared of insulting sex crime victim. This from BBC.com. Quebec City Cardinal faces sexual assault allegations in class action lawsuit. Court documents say Gérald Cepian Lacroix touched 17-year-old without consent by Antoni Nerecentin in CBC News. Taylor Swift deep fake pornography sparks renewed calls for U.S. legislation. 
Fake but convincing explicit images of pop singer were viewed tens of millions of times on X and Telegram, prompting outcry from U.S. politicians. From the Guardian.com by Ben Beaumont Thomas in, in The Guardian. So as you can see from all the headlines I found, it wasn't hard to dig them up. And you can find these easily enough, just as well as I did. This overpowering need to dominate women is a species thing, not a cultural one. It might get started by an overpowering urge by a charismatic person who is able to convince enough other men to get together with the same urges and carry these urges out. Then this urge to subjugate becomes a sort of mass insanity and off they go. This is more about enforcing their will on a perceived weaker group, in this case women. They have long been viewed as the weaker sex, and the male-dominated media dating back to the beginnings of the one-god religions have perpetuated that myth. And so many other cultures around the world dating long before the monotheistic religions came to dominate the world, women were considered equals in society, battle, and government. There have been many famous women who were queens, warriors, Egyptian pharaohs, and, and other leaders who did very well by their peoples before the monotheists come along. So it's a biological fact that most men are physically stronger than most women. A biological disparity that the monotheists have used to full advantage through the centuries. That doesn't make them any smarter. And from the looks of things around the world, that's very apparent. Every gender has its advantages in the ecosystem of the world and should be used to the advantage of the species. It's only the human species that treats the female gender as a weaker adversary. It throws out the equilibrium of the species as a whole. We can see that on display nearly every day in human society around the world. By allowing the females of the human species to be subjugated like a defeated enemy, males only grow more emboldened to do as they will to satisfy their primitive urges. The vast amount of rapes perpetrated by men that occur in human society attest to that. Men have a lot of trouble separating the primitive parts of their brains from their intuitive parts, and a lot of them can't fight those primitive urges. Think about how many stories you've heard of other species that forcibly rape their females by the thousands. I can't think of any, not, you know, not in the animal world anyway, or in the insect world, or anywhere. This is the science behind the vast amounts of rapes that occur everywhere. Some are just brute force as the result of a primitive group mentality in the fog of battle but most are of a more sophisticated manner in this day and age. Men using their powerful, hierarchical societal positions or more singular choices such as roofing women on, on a hookup or a date. The worst are the men who use their positions of power to rape women in order to give themselves a sense of more power over others, such as religious fanatics. Here are a couple of such, exa here are a couple of such exa examples out of many in recent memory. And this is, like I said, these articles are with, are, have come out in the news in the last week. Philippine pastor, who styles himself as, quote, son of God, unquote, accused of rape at Senate hearing. Apollo Quibole, who is Rodrigo Duarte's spiritual advisor, heads a sect in Davos City where it is allegedly he repeatedly assaulted girls and young women. Three former members told a Senate hearing they felt pressured to sacrifice their bodies to Quiboloi, adding that up to 200 women were at his beck and call. This is from Reza Robles in um, South China Morning Post. 
Over 2,200 individuals suffered sexual abuse by church staff in Germany, report says. And I got this from Euronews. And there's, you know, we've all heard stories like this going back as far back as we can remember. It's most especially the Catholic Church around the world who've been called out over the last three or four decades especially and of their clergy abusing people since anybody can remember when. Um, and, it, and it goes on. So then we have stories like, you know, these are corporate and government leaders who think that just because they're rich and, and or powerful, usually one and the same, they can do or say whatever they want in their positions and give them immunity from consequences acting out their criminal urges. So one good example has been in the news all over the place here the last couple of weeks, Donald Trump and his issue with uh, Ms. Carroll. And then we have this other article that's been in the news this last week, Vince McMahon. WWE founder accused of sex trafficking by Sarah Fowler in BBC News. And if anybody doesn't know what that means, the article talks about how this guy and his buddies used this woman and passed her around like she was some sort of a commodity. And that's, I mean, that's just sick. GOP state representative ripped over, quote, despicable, unquote, veterinarian abortion take. Authoritarianism expert Ruth Ben-Gett hammered Wisconsin Republican Joel Kitchen's comments as misogyny in action by Lou Moran in, in HuffPost. But like I said, these are just examples of stories, and they're everywhere. I read a, a story from a Medium.com writer. Um, she details somewhat about how, how, you know, when she was raped and what happened. And, well, actually more about what didn't happen. And it, it's shameful. These stories I showcase here, uh, you know, like I said, are nothing new. Does anyone remember the story last year from a very conservative U.S. state, hint, Nebraska, about how they put a woman and her daughter in jail because the daughter dared to ask her mother for help in, in getting an abortion for an unwanted pregnancy due to a sexual assault? What about the women in Texas who are fleeing the state to get needed health care for themselves over non-viable pregnancies? Texas isn't the only state outlawing abortions of any type. But they have been in the U.S. news a lot lately over this subject. But like I said, they're not the only state. It's all, all over the place. Idaho being right there at the top of the list under Texas. For supposedly, being, for supposedly being the most advanced country in the world, they're very backward in their treatment of women as members of the human species. That's one of the biggest reasons why there's so many rapes in the U.S. compared to other advanced countries around the world. They're a polarized society over women's rights. Rape is a lot more prevalent in these so-called red states because of the perception that women are an inferior member of the human species. That polarization has always been there in large part due to the country being a melting pot of immigration back in the old days. A lot of perception of women being inferior to men comes from these monotheistic religions for the most part and still pervades American society today. It's an insidious part of everyday life especially in the rural areas where the Puritan Christian beliefs are still interwoven into their cultures, much like Islam. But then Christianity and Islam are all offshoots of ancient Judaism that started long before the prophets Jesus and Muhammad ever came along in history. Rape is one of the most underreported crimes in society. A vast amount of sexual assaults are not reported to the police, and if they are, the men involved are a lot of times are left off with a slap or nothing at all, depending on the amount of violence of the assault. Workplace sexual assaults are rarely punished as proof of the crime often rests on the victim. 
For women in places where they are not viewed as equals, many reports are dismissed by the men in charge as, as from their imagination or the victims are labeled as the instigators. Men are held to a higher standard. Therefore, they cannot be held responsible for, for women who entice them by how they dress or behave in public. Men are not responsible for controlling their primitive mating urges when enticed by promiscuous women. That's what the patriarchal societies tell everyone. Think hijabs and burghas and Muslim countries and other households around the world. You know, Islamic households. Think of long dresses and fully covered blouses with hair covers in conservative Christian societies. Now granted, these are the more extreme ones, but we see them all the time. So what defines rape? There are different levels of defined rape in most countries. The most obvious is forced intercourse between two people. Notice, I did not say between a man and a woman, as rape can occur between two people of the same gender. Not as often as between men and women, but it does happen often enough, especially now with all the fear of the LGBTQ plus people. Then, there is sexual assault, which can include forced sexual intercourse, or just be something as simple as an unwanted, unsolicited touch on an intimate part of the body in a sexual manner. Sexual assault can also be defined in law as unwanted, unsolicited sexual conversations or innuendo towards another individual in a public place. This is so, you know, this so had to, this is so had to define that even hard to define that even governments are having a hard time figuring out what what they want the definition of rape to be in their laws. And here's an article I found a little bit later on here a couple of days ago, and it's it's from Europe, and this came from Euro from Merritt Gwynne Jones at Euro News. Why the EU's plan to criminalize non-consensual sex is falling apart. And the reason for that is because the countries in the EU bloc cannot figure out what the individual countries wanted to find and come together and, and make an EU law, basically, that covers the whole bloc. Each country says, well, we don't like this and we don't like that, or it should be this, it should be that. They, they can't figure it out. Why do humans commit rape and sexual assault? The fact that Homo sapiens has been raping women since the dawn of time, since they first started thinking beyond the normal eat, sleep, mate, and migrate for better food thoughts comes to mind, based on scientific evidence found by anthropologists. It's now documented by a renowned anthropologist that early Homo sapiens interbred with Neanderthals. Interbred, just a scientific word for rape. And they outbred them prolifically until the Ice Ages came and dwindled all the numbers of the humans. I don't imagine there was much romance in many rituals of primitive Homo sapiens. Humans have long used violent rape as a fear tactic to subjugate other tribes as they conquered them. It is still being, being used on the African continent even now, as re recently as a week or so ago, over in Sudan and, you know, in South Sudan and in Sudan. So, even in the more developed countries, rape is still something that is used as a fear tactic to subdue others considered lesser humans. In this case, the lesser humans are women. A lot of women of darker color than white-skinned men. It's all about power and intimidation. It doesn't matter where it happens or to whom it happens to. It's still a crime against humanity. Look at the recent allegations from the Israelis over their reports of Hamas perpetrating mass rape of Israeli women and teenagers on October 7th. 
Now there are possible revelations that this may have been lies to convince the world that they were victims of a mass terror campaign against their peoples. The lies are starting to come out, but, you know, as, as Chris Edges has noted in his latest article, people don't really care anymore. While some of that may be true, the most likely truth is that Israel fabricated a lot of that to turn world opinion against Hamas and make the world more sympathetic to their Israel propaganda, you know, the Israeli propaganda machine. They've always kept the victim face on to the world at large to garner donations to their cause. It's worked pretty good for them so far, you know, since 1948 anyway. Look at how that's working for them now in the face of mounting evidence of genocide. How much do you want to bet that rich Israelis and IDF soldiers have been raping Palestinian girls for decades? In the Western world, rape takes on many forms. Anything from date rapes to taking advantage of intoxicated women who, who are unable to say no. Office rapes that go unreported because of the fear of losing their jobs or the belief that no one in authority will believe them are the biggest reasons these crimes go unreported. Now, I'm not telling anyone anything new. This has been going on for generations and generations. In the 21st century, women are starting to stand up a little more for themselves, but not near enough to change the rape culture that's so pervasive. That culture is the biggest unsaid reason why the male legislators in these red states are able to get away with passing all these severely restrictive anti-abortion and women's rights laws in their states. Women are considered lesser humans and therefore to be subjugated in accordance with their religious beliefs. The only way that cultural belief will change is when enough women stand up for themselves and say, in public, in very loud voices, enough is enough. But because the threat of physical violence is thrown at them in these states, women are in fear for their lives. A lot more have been brainwashed by generational indoctrination. Despite the fact that the threat is largely just talk and bluster for the most part. The trouble with humans is it only takes a couple of real life events of men assaulting women in order to scare them into submission and get women to obey them. The percentage of women with combat skills and the mentality go with that in most Western society is very minuscule and men know it. They promote that by intimidation. Now that needs to change especially in the United States, where the percentage of sexual assault and rape crimes outstrips nearly ever every other developed country on the planet. The United States needs more women warriors to stand up and fight the men for their right to be as human as they are. If men can decide for, the for themselves about their health care, women should have the same rights, period. No matter what rights they may be, all health care choices should be made by the individuals, no matter their gender. No one should be allowed to make blanket choices for a whole gender, whether it be health care, financial, religion, or any other rights that men have. Women should have the same equal rights that men have across the board, and it should be enforced better. The U.S. does have its equal rights laws, but, as anyone can see, they're not enforced very well. This applies to rape as well. We all know what happens in a courtroom if a man alleges he was raped. If it was a violent rape, He's touted in the media and in court as a low, it is being the local crime of the century. If a woman files the same claim, she's vilified and humiliated by the media and lawyers and has to prove that she didn't instigate it. The burden of proof is on the woman. As I said, women need to find a way to culturally achieve that warrior status and stand up to this male-orientated culture that keeps them subjugated. Until that cultural mentality shifts,
the high percentage of sexual assaults and rapes will continue as they have, especially since the male-dominant culture condones it. Think about a certain ex-president who wantonly exploits, exploits women because he thinks he's rich enough to avoid any consequences for his behavior. With men like this dominating the media waves, the percentages may even go higher as far as rapes go. Men think, well, if he can do it, I can do it. When such a public figure constantly flaunts this ability to avoid prosecution for criminal behavior, this enables others to emulate him. And it's happening right as we speak. Rape culture front and center. It's all over social media. It's in your nose and all the cable TV news, all that stuff. Women need to figure out how to stand together and stop being afraid of being hurt or, or be willing to die for this cause. If men can go to battle knowing that they may die for a flag or an ideology, women can do the same thing for their equal rights. I'm sorry, ladies, but that's just the hard truth of life. If you want something bad enough, you've got to be willing to die for it. I am minded of a couple of stories from the recent past of women warriors who stood up to men and achieved a somewhat better equal status. Somewhat being the key word. One such story is about a woman who was, or may still be, a sniper for the Air Force. She was on guard duty at a forward operating base in Iraq and noticed an insurgent planning an ID in the road. She used her sniping skills to fire around at the man's backside, preventing him from completing his mission. Now, she was a hero. She saved a bunch of people from getting killed in a roadside bomb. In another story, there are two Army women, a captain and a sergeant, if I remember the ranks right, who completed the much vaunted male-orientated ranger course with the same standards as the men. The cadre, the traders, stated that they did not lower the core standards for them, and the two women overcame their instincts of gender modesty to train with the men in their classes. And they graduated, okay? They actually graduated from the ranger course. Now, I don't know what they're doing now, and I haven't heard anything, but this story came out a couple years ago. There is a state representative who's running for election in her state on a platform of stamping out rape and has shared her story publicly, which she was raped and she's now talking about it. So there are, warm, there are women warriors amongst you. There just isn't enough of you to stand up to the misogynist men who make life-changing decisions for you without your consent. Mass protests like the ones from the late 1960s and early 70s that nearly stopped the United States and finally changed foreign policy can be achieved. And I'm talking about the Vietnam War protests, if there's enough will to do so. That's something that's lacking in society today. There are a lot of women willing to stand up for their rights, but not near enough to change the culture. Now, I'm not condoning violence, but mass countrywide protests might get someone's attention. It may get a little bloody at first as the men send the police to stop them. If the protests continue, despite some losses, maybe even the state National Guard, like some states did back in the 1960s over integration. Think about, uh, what was that college over in Ohio? Kent State. And it could happen. This isn't much different than integration. Women's equal rights are pretty much the same thing as minority equal rights. Women now have the right to vote, thanks to some nationwide protests in the early 20th century. Women now have the right to earn and keep their own money, with the right to spend it as they please, thanks to some, thanks to some past protesting in the, in the you know, 70s. So why can't women decide for themselves what health care decisions are right for them? 
Why can't women be treated the same as men when it comes to sexual assault and rape in a court of law? It comes back to equal rights for women and a stand against rape culture. Men need to be prosecuted for all sexually related crimes against women. Against women. Just the same as any woman will be prosecuted for any sexual assault crime against a man. Not dismissed as being promiscuous or a liar. Equal rights for all in matters of health and safety. If enough women around the world were to take a page from history right now and start protesting against this obvious attempt to subjugate them, maybe a lot of the ills affecting societies would go away. I'm not saying that putting women in charge of everything would solve every societal ill, but if the world were to become more gender neutral, maybe we wouldn't have nearly so many wars and other cultural issues that define a man's world in this so-called advanced society. As an example of what that might look like, I offer my last story this week. Ireland kickstarts vote on Constitution's wording about women and family. Referendum on March 8 cast as opportunity to remove outdated language in favor of inclusive, inclusivity and equality. And this is from the Guardian.com World by Rory Carroll, Ireland correspondent. Imagine a world where women were treated as equals in all things, despite their anatomical differences from men. Think about it. What if women were to turn the tables and treat men as subhumans because of their anatomical differences? What would that look like? What if women were to subjugate men and try deprive them of their rights to body autonomy and other basic human rights, such as the way we treat women in certain regions of the world now? What if men couldn't fight back against that anymore? Think about that. And this is all I got for you this week. I hope I've given you something to watch and listen, something to think about as you go through your work week ahead. Thank you for listening to the show today. I hope you enjoyed it and you'll return again for another episode of the Village Oak Tree. Feel free to share this with your friends and relations. The more you share, the more we can convince enough people to make the world a better place to live in. As a Shonake, I want to continue to travel to your digital village every week to bring you something that might make you think a little bit after we part for the day. As I say goodbye this week, I wish to leave you with this Irish blessing as you go about your day. May the saddest day of your future be no worse than the happiest day of your past. Schlongo foil, which means goodbye for now in Irish.